Hey friends, welcome to episode 148 of Motherhood in Hollywood. My guest today is Tara Strong. She is a very well-known voiceover artist and actress, and she voices the character of Raven in the new film Teen Titans Go, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. So here we go. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hey, friends. So, welcome to the show. It's Heather. I am um, losing my voice just a little bit. I have been at Comic-Con for the past four days. We got back um, yesterday evening, and I've been talking nonstop, which is honestly not that unusual, but um, I've been talking a lot, interviewing people. I'm trying to sort of... um, like think about what are the things, the highlights uh, that I want to mention about this weekend. Because if you've never been to Comic-Con, it's just a media frenzy. And this is the first year I've gone um, representing an an actual media outlet for NBC4. And man, (laughs) they... When the word got out that NBC4 had an entertainment reporter that they were sending around, um, I was invited to a lot of stuff. And I have a problem saying no. Like, I want to cover everything. I want to, of course, I want to go to the, you know, all of the NBC shows like Good Place and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Manifest and um, Midnight Texas and all of those things. But I also wanted to go do the Star Trek panel and I wanted to go and, you know, do some of the other properties, um, the other things that were happening. It's just overwhelming. There's a tremendous amount of things happening at Comic-Con. They pack four into four days, everything from video games to animation to, um, of course, film and television to collectibles and um, co- actually comic books. <laughs> there, there are actually still people that go for comic books. Um, so it's just a lot. And I hope I got, you know, I feel like I got some really great stuff. If you're not following um, uh, me on social media, Motherhood in Hollywood on Facebook and Instagram, do that. And also Heather Brooker on Twitter. But I'm also posting everything on um, on NBCLA.com and all of their social media outlets at NBCLA as well. So I really had a great time. I got to be in a human claw. That was probably a highlight um, for sci-fi. They were doing this human claw thing where they strapped you into a harness and hovered you over like a prize pit. You grab a prize box and you know you get what's inside of the prize box. And that was a lot of fun. But, you know, honestly, you guys, Comic-Con is just so – it's so hot. It's so hot. And – I forget every year because I get excited, but I forget every year that it's a lot of standing around. It's a lot of standing around. It's a lot of walking. And when it's really packed or you're in the convention center, it's a lot of like shuffling your feet. So you're not really walking um, at a normal pace. You're just sort of like shuffling because there's just so, so many people. But that being said, I had a really great time. Like I, I really, this was a new thing for me. I got to see it from like an actual media outlet and, and reporter's perspective instead of just going for funsies for motherhood in Hollywood or as a fan. Um, and it was great. It's so much better, <laughs> so much better because you have access to the panels and the people that you want to meet and talk to and chat with. And, you know, I have, um, 
I had this one moment where the only moment I regretted, the only thing I wish I could redo was when I got to interview Mike Schur. He is a hugely famous executive producer. He's created shows like Parks and Recreation. He was a producer on The Office. He, um, oh, and the new show, Good, The Good Place. Those are just a few of the huge shows, the comedies that he's done. And I was interviewing him and I, you know, for me, meeting him and talking with him was the big deal. Like he was the big superstar I wanted to meet and talk with because as an actor, we don't get to interact a lot with showrunners or executive producers. Like we're sort of kept at bay from that and we have to jump through multiple layers and levels of of um, people to get to those producers and, and movers and shakers, if you will, like your agent, your casting director, um, you know, other other producers and that sort of thing. So here I am standing face to face with somebody that could one day potentially put me on a TV show, which is like my dream. And I didn't say anything to him about being an actor. I, I didn't, I, I wasn't like, hey, I'm an actor, I'm a big fan of your work and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know why I didn't do that. <laughs> I think I was trying to be professional because I was there in a reporter capacity. And, you know, that's something I'm sort of trying to figure out is now that I've got this role as a reporter and host of some fun entertainment stuff for NBC, I'm also still an actor. And I and I don't want people to forget that. I don't want to lose that part of myself, even though I feel like it's kind of taken a back seat just for a little while. Um, I don't want to lose that part of myself. And so I'm kind of kicking myself for not at least mentioning that so that if I happen to, if my headshot happens to cross his desk one day, you know, and, or something like that. So, uh, but anyway, missed opportunity, you guys, I hate that. But honestly, the rest of the time was amazing. We interviewed Josh Dallas, who you guys know was Prince Charming from Once Upon a Time. And now he's on a new NBC show called Manifest. And I get to meet his wife, Jennifer Goodwin, who is just as adorable as you think she is. But you know what? She is not as short as I thought she was. I always thought she was like really, really short, but she's not. She, I took a picture with her and she was my height. So uh, hooray for tall ladies. You know who else is really tall is Darcy Carden. She plays Janet on The Good Place. Super tall, gorgeous woman. And I was like, yay, tall ladies. Um, so there was a few moments like that that I totally geeked out over. Of course, Kristen Bell, I got to interview her again and um, was just over the moon about it. So lovely, so kind. And um, Mark, um, oh my God, I just forgot his name. Mark from The Good Place. Mark Evan um, Johnson. Mark Evan Jackson. Oh, I'm the worst. I'm the worst reporter, you guys. Anyway, he was lovely as well. And um, just a great time. Just a great time. Spending time with Chris was lovely. Our friends Mark and Heather were there. And um, of course, Channing. It was Channing's first Comic-Con. I think she was a little overwhelmed. She didn't know what to experience. She didn't know what she was looking at. Um, she just knew it was hot and we were walking around a lot. Um, our friends, Ian and Aaron Ziering were there. And so we got to hang out with their girls a little bit. And I think Channing really liked that because it was like a it was like a girl's night slash play day in another city. And it's like, is there anything better when you're five? I mean, really? So they, she had a really good time. And we had a great time too. So ah, Comic-Con 2018 in the books, but I'm still going to be doing some covers. So make sure you follow me on all my social and also uh, check, keep tabs on motherhoodandhollywood.com because I'll be posting some wrap up things there. Okay. 
we have to talk about my guest today. This is a really big deal, you guys. Tara Strong is a prolific and incredibly talented voiceover artist and actress. And it, it was such a coup, I must say, to get her on my show because she's incredibly busy and in demand, as you can imagine. Let me just tell you a few of the things she voices. First of all, she's playing, she voices Raven in the new Teen Titans Go uh, film and also is Raven in the Teen Titans Go TV series. And Raven is Channing's favorite character like favorite, favorite character. So, which is so funny. She's a little twisted. (laughs) Channing is a dark side, guys. But you guys, hold on to your butts because Tara also voices Twilight Sparkle in My Little Pony. What? I know. And she's Harley Quinn in the DC Superhero uh, Girls or, uh, wait, I want to make sure I say the title. Yeah, DC Superhero Girls. And she's also the voice of Unikitty in Unikitty. If you haven't seen it yet, it's hilarious. It's a cute little show. Channing also is a big fan of Unikitty as well. So, and so, so many more, like if you look her up on IMDb, just pages and pages and pages, everything from American Dad, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, uh, Series of Unfortunate Events, Inspector Gadget. I mean, I could, the list can go on and on and on. Fairly Odd Parents. So make sure you uh, you check her out. I'm sure you've listened to her with her kids. Bef- with, with your kids, I'm sure you've listened to her before and probably not even known that it was Tara Strong. But it is, you guys. And she's a rock star. You know what? She's also a mom. That's right. A mom to two boys and killing it in Hollywood. So... What's her secret? What's her story? Well, I'm going to let her share it. So here is my interview with Tara Strong. I'm so excited that we can connect today because you, um, I'm sure you hear this a lot, but you voice some of the, my daughter's favorite characters. I have a five-year-old and I hear your voice and I listen to you almost every day. <laughs> is that weird to think about? Is that like strange Do people come up to you all the time and go, I, I listen to you every day or you sound familiar or something like that? Oh no, I hear it all the time and it's, it's what I do. So I guess it means it's, it's being appreciated. Now you're a mom too. Is that right? Yep. I have two boys. Oh my gosh. And how is that going? Do you make fun voices for them? All the time. My younger (laughs) one, my younger one, like about a year ago said to me, mom, some kids never know if their parents love them or not. No, he said, mom, some kids will never know if their moms love them or not, but I'm never going to know my mom's real voice. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I don't have one. Well, I would love to talk. Let's. I, you have so many things um, going on, but I really want to talk about Teen Titans Go. Mm-hmm. And you voice the character of Raven in that show, which is my daughter's favorite character. Um, she, I know a lot of girls, they like Starfire and so on, but my daughter, she's a little twisted, a little dark. Uh, she <laughs> likes Raven. <laughs> oh, I, she's tell not me, alone. She's not alone, yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, what's happening in this movie, because I've seen it, and I we loved it. We thought it was so much fun isn't it hilarious oh so funny they're really going I like that they just went all in on the jokes here (laughs) oh my god we had so much fun making it and I love the movie too I think it's so so funny um you know uh whenever you go from series to feature you need a big story like for instance for the Rugrats movie they were introducing a new baby and that's where I came in as baby Dill. And in the case of the Teen Titans movie, the big movie story is that Ray, that Robin wants his own movie. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite 
has um, impressed of a story, but it's certainly par for the course of Teen Titans, and it's so hilarious that he's just like obsessed with wanting his own movie. And so being famous because that's yeah. sort of like legit would legitimize him. He feels like as a superhero, right? Yeah. And I love that his friends are so supportive and they're just, they go along for the ride, like whatever you need. And obviously we won't give away too much of the plot, but it's just so much fun, so much energy. And there's a lot of like wink, wink to the audience and a lot of nod to other characters and the other universes um, like Marvel and and things like that. So um, tell me what it was, what is it like for you when you're in the booth? Are you alone? Are you with the other characters? Um, are you just l- cracking yourself up? Like, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, we laugh at ourselves quite a bit. Um, we, uh, the series, we all work together. Um, for the feature, sometimes we work together and sometimes we didn't get to. But um, when we play off each other, it's always so much more fun. You know, no matter what you're doing as an actor to have someone else to play off makes such a difference. You know, if someone says, let's get out of here, you might go, okay. You know, <laughs> it sort of affects how you respond. And at this point we, we know each other so well that we can pretty much gauge how they're going to say it, but it's still nice to have, um, you know, everybody in the same room. That's for sure. In addition to Raven, there's so many other characters that you voice. Oh yeah. So on my little pony, I'm mostly just twilight. Um, and that's for a few reasons. One is I, I record that alone. Oh, I, um, yeah. So the other girls are all in uh, Vancouver. So I'm sure a lot of the sort of incidental characters that get um, delegated when there's, you know, a full cast that doesn't quite happen. And also Twilight typically has so much to say in each episode. Right. That when you have 80 lines as one character, it's sort of. And then I'm doing like sometimes five to seven episodes in a row. It, it would be crazy to add a whole bunch more to that. So yeah, I can't even imagine. How did you get into doing voiceovers? Because I'm a lot of people who say they come out to LA to be an actor and then they find themselves in voiceover. Um, was that the case with you as well? No, I I knew when I was four years old that I wanted to be a singer, dancer, actress, and. Um, my, I did not know I was going to do cartoons. My agent, I grew up in Toronto and my agent sent me out, um, for a few different gigs. And I booked when I was 13, my first on camera job, it was a show with Mr. T called TNT. And then I did, um, a musical theater production of the music man. And then my first animated show, which was hello kitty. And I was the voice of hello kitty. And, um, in Toronto, I had a very well-rounded career. I did probably equal amounts on camera and voiceover. And then I moved to L.A. in 94. And it's definitely been primarily uh, voiceover. I still do some on camera here and there. But I didn't know that that was going to be my main thing. And I'm certainly very grateful because it's so much fun. Do you still do on-camera work? Would you – do you in- – have time is really what I'm thinking. Cause I'm looking through all of the characters that you voice and I'm like, do you even have time still to do other projects? Yeah. I mean, it's challenging. I, I did a movie last summer. I did a Christmas movie with Melissa Joan Hart and Brian Donahue. Oh, fun. Oh, fun. Yeah. And I had a recurring role in big time rush. So if it's something fun, my, my regular gigs will work around me. They're pretty wonderful about that. How do you find that this is sort of working with, um, being a mom like you it's really great that you get to work from home in some instances does that make it a little bit easier or 
actually don't work from home. I do. Oh. Yeah, I do all my auditions from my studio. Oh, okay. But um, the work that I do for my studio is once in a while, like, um, uh, there'll be like some, um, you know, I'm the voice of the Bad Girls Club or some other promo work, but animation is all done typically with a full cast in a studio. But, you know, I worked up till I delivered. I got to bring my kids when they were little. They came with me all the time. My kids grew up at Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. And um, I would bring a nanny and go into the studio and they'd run around and I'd get to be with them. And even now, you know, they're 13 and 16. My work is typically nine to four and then I go into mom mode. So it's probably one of the greatest gigs to to have kids because I really, really had the amazing opportunity to to do both. Are you going to Comic-Con this weekend? I go every year for the last <laughs> one year. Um, I'm asking because I have Comic-Con on the brain. We're getting ready to leave tomorrow, and I just feel oh. a little overwhelmed with everything that's going on. Um, do you find that you get um, mobbed by fans because you're – you are their favorite, some of their favorite characters from the DC world, you know, and, and, and so many other shows. Are they just like, so all over you? <laughs> oh yeah. I'm JLo at Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. Oh, that's so funny. What are you most looking forward to? Uh, I guess, gosh, what's the most fun about Comic-Con? It, it really is fun to connect with the fans. You know, anytime I do, any of the cons, it's a great opportunity to sort of give back to the fans and we're nothing without the fans. And it's always rewarding to sort of see them up close and personal and see how much you've affected them. And there's tons of people cosplaying my characters and saying to me, you know, your Raven got me through this depression or my parents' divorce or Twilight, you know, really helped me with this or whatever that. And there's always some of my characters that people can relate to and about a year ago I was at a con and a girl was dressed as Raven and she was talking my ear off and I looked and I caught when I could just caught sight of her mom crying and it's not so terribly uncommon to have people cry but this was something different and so I went over to her to make sure she was okay and she said you know my daughter is really just she's autistic and hasn't spoken in five years and when she knew you were coming she didn't shut up and I was like oh my god that's like a really big deal yeah so that's huge yeah so it's nice to it's nice to kind of give back that way and and meet the fans and see how much what we do on a daily basis really how it affects them it really does it's you know you, you think as an actor um you know you're just doing your job but what you're creating, the art you're creating and the, and your talents that you're lending, um, really does affect people. And I think that's why you get that kind of reaction. So I love that. I love that you say that you're the JLo of Comic-Con. That makes me laugh. <laughs> that is going to be the headline of my, no. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny too is that one year I decided to surprise the fans and, and cosplay. And so I went as Harley so typically when I'm at Comic-Con, I can't walk from the hotel to the con without getting recognized, sure. which my kids, by the way, get such a kick out of. In my real life, I get recognized, but not that much. Yeah. And so they're always like, mom, like they had no idea, you know, <laughs> but as, as Harley, I could go anywhere because there's a million there's Harleys. There's a million Harleys. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so funny. This one guy said to me, um, he said, oh my God, can I take your picture? Harley's my favorite. You're my 14th today. And I went, okay, Puddin, but am I your favorite? And he looked at me like, and he gave me kind of a dirty look. And he goes, I don't know. 
I've seen a lot of good ones and walked <laughs> away. And like, I just couldn't wait for him to go home and sort of expand his picture and see uh, exactly what he <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I love it when actors can have a little bit of fun with the fans and like, you know, get in on some of the, the, um, the fandom. I love that. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, what do you see yourself doing next? Is there any particular, um, oops. Sorry. I didn't even realize my phone was connected. That's okay. Is there any show that you, um, want to be on? Is there anything that you're like, gosh, I'd really like to be a part of that. Um, well, I love, love, love what I do, but, um, you know, as my kids get older, I don't mind sort of being away a little more. So I'd love to do more on camera. I'd love to go do a Broadway show. Um, oh, my God. I'd love to be like the mom in Evan Hansen. That would be fun. <gasps> oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm open to all sorts of experiences and opportunities. And, um, you know, I've been really involved lately politically. And I'm sort of becoming addicted to the feeling of, um, you know, using my voice for um, activism and seeing that, uh, you know, that I have some sort of, um, say in what's going on. And I, I put on my Twitter, you know, I was never political until it infuriated me. And, mm-hmm. and I just like, I, you know, I went to DC last week to speak on behalf of races in front of the white house. And I spoke at the kids separation and March and the DACA rally. And I've been to every March and I'm raising money online for various organizations that are really trying to help people. And, I definitely like to keep doing that. It sort of becomes addictive when you realize that your voice can actually help. No, it's true. And I think a lot of celebrities are, are torn about whether to dive into the political side of their um, platform um, for fear of alienating some fans. And I think some people are just like, I don't care. It's too, you know, I'm jumping in. Oh yeah. I think maybe initially I was, well, I was nervous, but now I really don't care. And, you know, I'll have people say to me, you know, watch it, Tara. You could lose a job. And I say, you know what? If my voice helps reunite one family and I lose a job, I'm okay with that. I want to talk a little bit more about your um, – I, I first figured out who you were and, like, put two and two together when I saw the Brony doc, the Brony documentary. And I have to say, like, I had no idea there were so – such a massive um fan base for my little ponies yeah um I'm just I just was shocked by it because I see my daughter has a ton of little you know my little pony figurines and we watch the show all the time and um but what surprised me was the crossover there with into adulthood and how many adults um what do you think about that is it a little weird is it a little strange or is it do you think it's just you know um people growing up with something and you know keeping that fandom as they become adults no I I don't think it's weird I was surprised initially like I learned about the bronies on Twitter (laughs) Um, and I was surprised but I love them so much they're like the sweetest most supportive fandom in the world they um, are always the most giving when it comes to charitable things that I'm doing like uh, I've raised well over $300,000 for kids with cancer, a couple hundred thousand for animal rescue. And the biggest donors are the bronies. And they come together when kids are feeling isolated, when they're being bullied. Um, they're, I can't really explain what it is except for, 
you know, Lauren Faust, who created this version, I worked with her on the Powerpuff Girls. As a little girl, she created this whole world in her mind, playing with her own ponies. And I, I think that her sort of vision transcends all ages, genders, countries. And it's sort of this unique phenomenon that nobody could have anticipated. But they're just the loveliest people ever. And there's like these hot army bronies that get like pinky pie tattoos and tattoos <laughs> on their like, you know, tanks to get them through hard times and sing the songs. And, uh, you know, I think it's so strange to me that that kids are getting bullied for it. And um, parents don't support their kids for just simply liking a show that really teaches empathy and friendship. friendship and, yeah. yeah. And I just think, you know, it, there's not, I, there doesn't have to be like a reason, but it just does. It just sort of speaks to so many different kinds of people. And I'm just so happy to be a part of it. And they call me the queen of the bronies. And I have this sort of army of kindness. You know, I had a girl that was really bullied and she actually tried to take her own life. And she lived in, she lives in Belgium and her sister contacted me through my agent and said, if there's any way Tara could help, my sister is really fragile. She was bullied for liking My Little Pony. She's in the hospital. Is there anything she could do? And so I sent her a voice recording as Twilight and then kept in touch and a couple months later to check on her. And she said she's she, at, when I first sent her the message, she was so happy and doing really well, but she'd slipped back and was super depressed. And I said, well, why don't you bring her to BronyCon? And she said, well, uh, so sorry. She said, she said, well, you know, the hospital probably won't release her without my mom and she wouldn't travel without me. So we'd need, you know, at least $3,000 and we don't have that. And I said, well, let's put it on Twitter. And probably within five hours, we had all their tickets paid for. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, I brought her to the con. And the first time I met her and her sister and mom was at the Tara Strong panel. There's something like 3,000 people that showed up. And I thanked the entire audience. And I brought her on stage. And she signed autographs with me all weekend. And there were so many amazing people that came over to her and said, you know, I was bullied. And I almost took my own life. And look at me now. And you know, there this community that came together for her from literally all over the world. Wow. I think that's so fascinating to me that f how just how powerful fans and fandom can be. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's wonderful that you embrace it and you clearly, you know, have a connection with your fans and they adore you. So um, that's really great that you're doing that. Are your boys fans of your shows that you do or... They like Family Guy, like my son <laughs> in particular, my younger one loves finding things that he didn't know I was in. Like he was cracking up recently in the other room. He's like, Mom, there's this episode where Stewie goes to live in some orphanages and there's there, an orphanage and there's kids from all over the world and you play every one. And he was laughing. And he, he, he was right. <laughs> and they like um, Rick and Morty a lot. You oh, know, over, yeah. over the years, they've liked um, certain shows more than others, but they they really like Teen Titans and um, they're really proud of me. How, how old are they? Uh, thirteen and sixteen. Thirteen and sixteen. Mm -hmm. So they're older. Are, are they like? So that's probably why they're they're into more of the um, Family Guy, adulty adults yeah. more more adult uh, uh, animation, which uh, is so funny to me. I love. I mean, we're we watch Unikitty. We're still. We're, my daughter since she's only five, we watch a lot of the Unikitty and the Teen Titans and and. Um, 
Little Pony Equestria and, and all of that stuff. So, um, well, I am really excited for all of the things that you have going on. You clearly have carved out a niche for yourself and, um, really are the JLo. I'm going to say of the whole animated world. <laughs> I'm just going to give you another like title. Um, <laughs> That is you for sure. And um, I sure appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. I know you're super busy promoting the Teen Titans Go movie. And it is so much fun. I hope everybody goes to see it. Me too. Thanks so much for having me. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for me. I hope you have a wonderful week. Uh, make sure you check out motherhoodandhollywood.com where I'll put up information about Tara as well as Teen Titans Go. And I hope you guys have just a great week. Go see the movie. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Mama funny. Balls.